Welcome to the HCC Podcast. Our mission is to nurture love for God, love for self, and love for others as the highest goal of humanity. May the following message nurture that love in your life. And remember, you're always welcome at HCC. It's a perfect church for less than perfect people. Peace. Matthew chapter 15. We're going to go to verse number 21. While you're going there, I want to welcome you all here today. You guys look marvelous. All those online, I can't see you, but I'm hoping that you look marvelous too. Amen. We have people watching from all over the United States. So if you're watching with us online today, comment, tell us where you're from. We would love to know and connect with you. Amen. And if you're here for the first time, thank you. We appreciate you being here today. Amen. Matthew chapter 15. I want you to pray with me real quick that we're going to dive into the word of God. Lord God, I thank you so much for this opportunity to share your word. I'm asking you, Lord, that you would help me deliver this the best way that I can. Lord, don't let it be words from my mouth, Lord, but let it be words from yours. So I'm asking you today to do with me what you did with Moses when you told him, I will be your mouth as you speak. God, I can't do this without you. So I need the presence of an almighty God living inside of me to help deliver this message. God, I'm praying for every single person in this room that we would have open ears to hear and open eyes to see and open minds to know the truth of your word. So God, let your will be done in this place this morning. And everybody said, amen Amen and amen. Matthew 15, verse 21, it says, leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that place came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus did not answer a word, so his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. In layman's terms, she's getting on my nerves. Get her out of the room. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. So what does she do? She left and she decided, hey, since he don't want me around, then I'll just leave. No, this is what happened. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus said to her, you have great what? Faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment, I want to take uh, just a couple of minutes today and teach a sermon called Crummy People. How many of you know a, crum- a, um, a crummy person? And I'm not talking about a mean person or an evil person. Somebody who's willing just to eat the crumbs, the scraps that fall from the master's table. We used to have a dog. His name's Trooper. West Highland Terrier. He passed away in Oklahoma right before we moved here. Uh, had him his entire life but let me tell you something that dog loved to eat he loved to eat he was a canine vacuum cleaner whatever was on the floor he was going to make sure that it was lapped up some way somehow okay he would wait it didn't matter if it was whole portions half portions crumbs he was going to eat it and he was that type of dog too that you had to watch where you walk because if you weren't careful, he was right under your feet just hoping a crumb would fall. He was that type of dog. And when you sat down, he'd be there right in your face staring. 
Like, would you leave me alone? Does anybody else have a dog like that? Come on now. Let me tell you something. Trooper had no pride. It didn't matter to him. He just wanted some food, which means he was willing to do whatever needed to be done to get that food. Amen. He would sit there when my children would pull out the TV trays and watch a little show while they eat, and he would sit patiently waiting. Taco night. He loved taco night. I mean, who, who don't like taco night? Come on. If, if, you, if, you, if you don't like taco night, then we need to be praying about you, okay? Taco night's the best. But anytime we had taco night, you were guaranteed, you were guaranteed to have food fall from the table onto the floor. So after every meal, my wife and I would get the um, vacuum out so we could vacuum the crumbs, to which we'd look under the table, and it was wiped clean because Trooper took care of it. He was that type of dog, okay? He would do anything that he knew to do to get just a crumb. His actions often remind me of this passage in Matthew. You know, we have Jesus who withdrew here from, uh, to a region of Galilee. It was, and he uh, actually withdrew just north of there. It was his first visit to this nation. And while he was there, a Canaanite woman came to him. And she came into the presence of Jesus. Now my question today is what would make a Canaanite person who has a past steeped in idol worship into the presence of God to ask him for something that she needed? She was in no position in her life to ask something from God. She wasn't anywhere near having a relationship with the living Christ. Living a life contrary to what Jesus had walked this earth and asked us to live. But let me tell you the difference in this story. In this story, you had a mother whose child was sick and she was so concerned that her need made her go somewhere she had never been before. And how many of you in this room has had something come up within their life that the, your need took you somewhere where you had never been before? You were desperate for the touch of the master. You were desperate for something more than just the casual mundane day to day. You needed something else. And that situation that you were going through forced you to walk into a realm that you've never walked in before. Why is it sometimes that we don't need God until we need God? And then when we need God is when we come into his presence. Why can't we come into his presence every single day of our life? But sometimes we think that we can do it on our own and we don't need him until that day comes when we need him. You see, because in her mind, when you have an enemy to fight, you don't walk into a religious atmosphere with a casual attitude. We all face issues in life, but when your children are involved, something in you changes. You get these spiritual goggles on to where it doesn't matter what he said. It doesn't matter what she said. Talk about me all you want to. My child is sick and I'm going to do whatever I have to do to get them healed. You don't care about anybody else. If, if you've ever been under attack or your children have ever been under attack, you can relate to this. And if you haven't, hold on because we have an adversary who seeks to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But the Bible says that my God has come to give you life and to give it to you abundantly. Amen. 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 
But see, within this story, the, the, you have these chosen 12, right? Jesus had his 12, and they had their own agenda. They were concerned about who was going to sit where when Jesus threw down this Roman rule. You might even recall the mother of James and John that wanted her boys to sit on his right and his left when he ushered in the kingdom. But this woman, this mom, didn't care about any of that. She didn't even know as far as we know what was going on. She could have walked in on an important meeting, but she cared not. Her interest was not the new kingdom. Her interest was not a new government. Her interest was not there wanting to sit where and why. Her interest was simply her present pressing need and nothing was going to get in the way of her healing. Nothing was going to stop her from seeing Jesus to heal her child. Jesus and the twelve were seeking a path to establish the kingdom of God upon the earth and it was in this atmosphere that she walked into. Her, her, her girl was grievously vexed and she was desperate. The disciples wanted to send her away. She must have irritated them. But she wasn't crying after them. She was crying after Jesus. She didn't want one of the assistants. She wanted the man. You see, because sometimes against all odds, you've got to push your way through to, to get that healing. Sometimes you have to march seven days and seven times and on the seventh day still have to shout before the walls come down. Sometimes you've got to dip not once or twice but seven times in order to get that blessing. Sometimes you've got to press through the crowd just to reach the hem of his garment. Sometimes you've got to go back to that unrighteous judge time and time again until they have no choice but to grant your request. Sometimes you have to wrestle with God all night in fear of a broken limb to get God to listen to you. And sometimes you have to shrug off the advice of your um, friends throw on this beggar's robe and cry out to Jesus to get your sight back. Let me tell you something about this blind man. The Greek word here is krotsi, which is where we get the word crazy. So when he came into the presence of the almighty God saying, son of David, have mercy on me, he wasn't doing it casually. He was doing it crazily. To where other people around him probably heard what he was saying. Because when you're in that place, you're desperate. And when you're in that place, it doesn't matter what you think about me. Your opinion matters not. The only thing that matters is my present pressing need. And this woman had a daughter who needed Jesus. So I want to tell you about this girl. Her persistence. You see, Jesus was on a mission. This woman was not on God's plan of the day at that moment. Jesus was focused on the house of Israel. Her time had not come yet. This passage gives us his words. I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He had something to do and it wasn't her. But let me tell you something about Jesus. And I won't spend a lot of time here. You'll have to come on Wednesday nights to hear this one. Seven o'clock Wednesday nights right here. But Jesus lived an unhurried life. How much better would our life be if we would slow down just a little bit and enjoy the moments before we blink and they just pass us by? Jesus wasn't in a hurry. So even as the disciples were trying to toss her out, 
he was willing to let her talk and to see what she really needed. Jesus was unhurried. But you see, they were there for the house of Israel. It had already been prophesied, it says in his word, Therefore I will deliver my people, and they will no longer be a prey, and I will judge between one sheep and another. Then I will set over them one shepherd, my servant David. He will give them food, and he will feed them and be their shepherd. You see, when sending his apostles out to preach, he gave them strict orders about this. He said, These twelve sent out... And he said, do not go in the way of the Gentiles and do not enter any city of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. There was, a, uh, there was an agenda. There was something they had to do. There was a mission. We've got to get Jesus on this earth. And see, his death on the cross we know was for everybody. So salvation for everybody was coming, but it just wasn't her time yet. Jesus had another mission at that point. But did she care? No, because even though Jesus was on a mission, she was too. Her mission, his mission was not hers, but her mission became his. Because she was persistent. Because Jesus was unhurried. Because he had time. You see, what's the lesson in all this? The lesson is simply this. When you need something from God, don't casually come into his presence. Don't casually just say, well, if he heals me, then, you know, great, fine. But if he doesn't, you know, I'm good. No. Come into the throne room of Christ with boldness, saying, I know you can do this. See, a persistent approach is not a new concept with God. God is not immune to the extreme pleading of his children. In Exodus, God was angry with the children of Israel. He told Moses that he was going to destroy them. God admitted that they no longer belonged to him. But Moses interceded for the people and literally forced God to do what Moses wanted him to do. God was going to destroy the children of Israel for this golden calf. But Moses put his life on the line and says, well, if you're going to kill them, then kill me too. He pleaded the case before God, and we know that their lives were spared. You have Genesis when Jacob wrestled with God all night. God tries a man to see if he's persistent. Perhaps our prayers fall short because we're not persistent in them. We don't continue praying. We just get upset when they're not answered on our timeline and just give up. But he's calling us to have a persistent lifestyle of prayer. You have Lot, you have Abraham that said, stood yet before the Lord and God spared Lot. Why does God do these things? Because Jeremiah says, call on me and I will answer you. John says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. He says, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be given. Luke said this, so I say to you, ask, and it will be given. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened. For anyone who asks, receives. How many times do we not get what God wants because we're afraid to ask and be persistent? This woman was persistent in her prayer. She wasn't going to take no for an answer. She needed something, so she came to Christ not willing to leave. What else? Her position. She found a way to get his attention. 
For this woman to receive what she needed, she had to do what she needed to do. So she positioned herself. So what did she do? Right there when the disciples were trying to throw her out, she knelt before the Lord and began to worship. He tried to walk away, but she kept worshiping him. He said, I'm not even supposed to bless you. That's what was going through his mind. But she kept on worshiping. Have you ever worshipped God for what hasn't come yet? Have you ever praised God in advance for that miracle that you've not yet seen? Have you ever thanked God for the miracle before it came? That's what she was doing. It wasn't there yet. She had ever reason to leave depressed and, and mad and upset and never wanting to come back into the house of God. But here's what she did. She didn't take no for an answer. She knelt before him and said, Lord, I praise you. Lord, I praise you. Lord, I praise you. Lord, I praise you. I thank you for healing my daughter even before you did it. She positioned herself to receive. You see, your praise positions you for a blessing. And while doing so, she put him in debt to her. Every time she opened her mouth, she was making a deposit that would soon bring back a return. Here's what you have to do, child of God. Listen to me. Praise him on credit. Praise him on credit. Praise him for the mountain that hasn't been moved yet. Praise him for that door that is yet to be opened. Praise him for that need that hasn't been met. Praise him for the blessing that hasn't been received. He inhabits the praises of his people. So when you come to him with praise, that's where he is. He shows up when you praise. But here's the thing that frustrates the mess out of me, okay? We're about to get honest. I get all bent out of shape when I hear people say, well, I just didn't have time. Didn't have time to pray. Or how about this one? Didn't have time to go to church. This woman made time. This woman made time. A radical praise comes from a desperate heart that has nothing to go back to. She realized that if she had left, where else is she supposed to go? She was in the presence of her Savior. And she wasn't leaving. Jesus said, I'm not sent but to the lost house of Israel. Even Jesus said that it wasn't appropriate to give the children's bread to the dogs. How many people do you know would have gotten so upset and held offense at that statement that they just left church and never came back? Because sometimes we forget the church isn't all just so nice and sweet that eight of the ten commandments start with thou shalt not. The statement alone should have run her off. It should have sealed the deal and got her out of the way, but she knew again that if she had left, she had nowhere to go. It's as if she was saying in her response, Lord, it's fine with me. Go ahead and give the whole loaf to somebody else. Go ahead and give them the slices of bread. If you've got any crumbs left, that's what I'm willing to take. I'm willing to eat anything. Just I'll be fine with just a crumb. You see, Gentiles. 
Gentiles were so outcast. They were looked down upon. They were despised. She had no covenant with him. She had no covering with him. She had no rights with him. She was outcast, frowned upon, despised. But to her credit, she wasn't leaving until she met Jesus. She said, Lord, even the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. You see, because a dog will do whatever he has to do to get the crumbs. You see, we must find our way back into the presence of God. If we're going to change our world, now let me speak. If we're going to change culture, if we're going to remove the hatred, if we're going to see the oppressed free, then we've got to be the church again. We've got to love people. We've got to care for people. We've got to welcome people. Not because you and I can change them, but because we can introduce them to a Savior who can. So these doors that we have out here are open doors to anybody who wants to walk in. We're going to love and we're going to appreciate you. And I'm going to show you about this man named Jesus who can take all that sin that you've lived in and can cleanse you with the power of his blood. Amen? She was a dog. But see, part of the problem with church today is we have become predictable. We have morning worship, get me in, get me out. Midweek, get me in, get me out. I asked the question before because I'm asking you again, how bad do you want it? Because time is not an issue when I want the presence of God. She could have easily said, he dismissed me. I've got other things I have to do. Let me go on about my day and run all my errands. I may come back to it later if I have time. But no, she said nothing else matters in this moment. Nothing else in the rest of my day. My schedule is wiped clean. The only thing I've got right now is to get healing from Jesus. We need, church, the wind of the Holy Spirit to blow in the midst of our church and this nation and this world. We need the wind of the Holy Spirit coming through to us so that we can be a lighthouse to this dying world. We have a culture that desires to be the next American idol. But we don't have too many people that just want to be a servant of the Most High God. We are to live in the world, but not of the world. We're supposed to look different. We're supposed to be set apart. We're supposed to be a little bit peculiar. She put herself in position to receive. But I want to take you somewhere else, though. Because this last point that I want to make today is I want you to look at her portion. Because too many of us sit by with this mantra that if I don't get the whole thing, then I don't have anything. She never arrived with any expectation other than she hoped to plead her case before Jesus. All she wanted to do was to have one opportunity to cast her care upon him. I doubt she knew any scripture at all. She didn't spend the Sabbath in church. She had no clue what the word of God had to say, but somehow she had an inclination and the mind to know that just one small crumb would be large enough portion to heal her daughter and set her free. 
The word tells you and I that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that falls from the mouth of God. Did you know that one word is just all you need? This Bible is full of just words. I don't even have to raise my voice up and down and preach just a tad bit for for you to get the power of God. I can simply open up this book and start at the beginning and read it till the end and your life will be transformed because that's the power of His Word. All you need is just a word. I'm telling you, all you need this morning is just a crumb. Just a crumb. My wife can bake, y'all. She can bake. Come on now. She has several dishes that are a delight to my eyes, satisfying to my appetite, and dangerous to my longevity on this earth. I'm telling you. She's got some good food. She has this cake that she makes. It's no Betty Crocker pre-mixed ingredients. It's all made from scratch. We're talking about chocolate peanut butter cake with peanut butter buttercream icing with chocolate ganache laid all over on top of it. Your mouth right now is just salivating. I can see it. I don't even tell the kids she made it because it's mine. Lord, forgive me. I have this motto, no cake left behind. I'm telling you. If there's a slice of cake, somebody's got to eat it. So we begin to cut these slices of cake and we begin to devour, may even put a little scoop of ice cream with it. You only live once, right? Come on. Hashtag YOLO. Look, I love this cake. I love it. But when the cake is gone, did you know that every ingredient from every slice of that cake is still found in the crumb. Child of God, I'm telling you this morning, I don't know what you came in here with. The band and praise team come. You're coming into this with with the wrong mindset. We're coming to this God saying, hey, I need everything or I have nothing. No, he's saying everything you need is just sits within the crumb. If you'll just come and eat the crumb, you'll have everything you need. Jesus, 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 Jesus. There were only two times within the the Bible that Jesus applauded somebody for having that much faith that they were healed instantly. Both of the times people didn't have covenant with him. You have one, you have this old, you have, you have this guard, sorry. He came to Jesus with his paralyzed son. He didn't feel worthy enough for the Lord to come to his house, but he didn't need the Lord in his house. He said, I just need a word dropped from your mouth, and that's all that I need. He said, but only speak the word, and my servant boy will be healed. And Jesus said to him, I have not found so great of faith, not even in Israel. And then you have this woman. Who said, I'm not leaving till my daughter gets healed. And I want you to notice what Jesus said at the very end. And her daughter was healed at that moment. Her daughter was healed at that moment. Why? Because she was persistent. Because 
She positioned herself to receive. And she was good with her portion. So with all eyes closed and all heads bowed today, you say, Pastor, I'm in need of healing. I'm in need of something. You talked about it earlier, Pastor Chris, somebody needing healing in their marriage or healing with sons and daughters or restoration or whatever it may be. Lord, I felt convicted earlier in the service and I began to pray. Let me tell you something. There were hands that went up all over this place. That tells me that there's needs in the house. I serve a God who's offering at the least crumbs today. But I promise you this, if you'll come to him today with boldness, he'll offer you a seat at his table where you can have the whole thing. So if that's you today and you say, Pastor, I'm, I'm in need of a touch from God, would you raise your hand? Come on, there's more. About 2025, would the altar and the team come? Would you get ready to help me pray? Come on, come on, come on. I'm about to pray. And if you're in need of a crumb today, come to the table. Come to the table. Lord, Father God, right now, Jesus, I'm praying for every single person in this room that had a hand raised. I'm praying, Lord, that you would put upon them a boldness to step out in faith, to come and receive what it is you have from them to receive. God, I'm asking you, Lord, that you'd be in this room, that you would use this prayer team. You would anoint this prayer team with the right words to say. That you would use them to speak to these needs. So right now when I say amen, all those that raise their hand, if you have the boldness to believe that God can heal you today and give you that crumb, I'm going to ask you to come. It's in your name I pray. Amen. And amen. If you need it, come on. Come on. Please don't hesitate. Let's go. Get what you need. Get what you need.